Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Back on Brew for Blue, starts another week here on the Blue Room YouTube channel. Um, I'd like to say, Matt Cheatham joins me now. Uh, good to actually see you, Max. We just speak on the phone all the time and via Skype, don't you? But uh, you know, not, not face-to-face, certainly, or, or remotely anyway. So, uh, so, so nice to see you. Very much so. Though I'm very embarrassed to be rocking this kind of uh, facial hair at the moment. I've just kind of let myself go a little bit with all this isolation and can't really do the full beard like yourself. So more of a kind of... Uh, yeah, a little personal experiment going on here, but doesn't it look that great when I'm seeing it right in front of me right now? I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a pretty impressive moustache. How long has that been going for? Well, it's the same all over, so I just get it heavy here and then not, not much else. So. Oh, it looks it looks to me as though you've been, like, grooming it. Is it like you've just been, been going for the moustache? It's gone free, freestyle. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, um, you said brew. I'm one of those weird guys that doesn't do hot drinks, so it's actually, I've got a water with you right now, it's... Bit lame, run out of juice as well. So, that, that's good. No problem at all. Well, when we had uh, Ryan Reynolds on last week, he was obviously from Australia and he was saying over there they they consider brew to be a, a beer or something. So, he was thinking it was going to be like a bit of a you know, have a, have a bevy sort of session, but instead, but uh, a little bit early, a little bit early for us over here. But, um, you, you've gone for the beard, you've not gone for the, the full shaven head a la Andre Gomez. I was close. I'd just be worried it wouldn't all grow back, you know. It's a bit, <laughs> bit of a risk to take. <laughs> um, yeah, it might still happen. Who knows? You? Yeah. No, not not for me, mate. No, it's it's it's, it's far too much. Yeah, I think I think my I think my head's deceptively big. That's why I grow my hair. So people <laughs> don't realise the reason how, how big it is. But um, no, but how, how are things going anyway? How are you getting? And obviously, you know, you you based down south. It's all it was all a bit mad down there at the start to sort of got a bit similar to the rest of the country um, as the weeks have gone on, but what are things for you? Yeah, it's, it's okay. We were just saying off camera, like, 
you get to a Sunday evening and you kind of feel, oh, you got through another week of this now, you've, you've nailed one kind of little sense of achievement, then Monday rolls around, you're like, oh man, I've got to do all this again now. <laughs> Same little uh, routine of, uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit of work and then doing what you can to occupy yourself, really. Yeah, I think I think that's where it's like I I really enjoy doing these videos because it's sort of something I've done every morning during lockdown. This is the the third or I think this is the third week we've been doing them now, and it it does give you like a bit of a reference point to start the day off. And you know you're not you're not sort of lying in bed till half ten just scrolling through Twitter on your phone arguing with people about you know Andre Gomez or Gibral Sadibi on on <laughs> online. You, you sort of get. I mean, have you given yourself those sorts of things to do? Have you have you put things in in the diary state to try and reference your day around? Yeah, try to try to certainly start days with a bit of exercise if you can. I'm sure, endless people are doing yeah. stuff in the flat, or whatever, going for the odd run. Um, been lucky to still be able to be doing some work, uh, which occupies at times. And then, yeah, it's almost that kind of like four till seven kind of window where it's like work's kind of done, and you've kind of it's a bit too early to eat. You're like, yeah. one moment, you kind of end up end up just like FaceTiming people and. And chatting, but yeah, it gets a bit, um, yeah, a bit, a bit repetitive after a while. I think you, your meals become like a huge part of the day, don't they? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, I, I don't, have you ever seen The Sopranos before? Bits of it, yeah, not, not like, fully. I don't know if you've seen the episode where Vito is working on that. He's building. He's looking at his watch all day, and he's not. He's not looking at his actual watch because he wants to. He's thinking, right, it must be twelve o'clock now. I'm going to treat myself by when it gets to one. And then looking, he looks at his watch, and it's like quarter to ten in the morning. It's like, oh man, it's one of them where the day sort of drags. But you, you said they, you are still working. Um, when we spoke uh, last time before we did stats pack, you said you, you sort of deviant, deviating away from the sort of stuff you, you'd usually do. Um, how was your your job sort of changed a little bit during the lockdown? Um, I came to Sky from a. A kind of football writing background so I've thankfully been able to do a fair bit of that now and just basically if I'm proactive enough to kind of suggest articles or just help uh, give some stats for some some kind of articles I can do a lot of that which is, is far more enjoyable than effectively data entry which uh, which is what a lot of the other stats guys are doing uh, which I don't want to be doing. So, uh, so what, what does that involve then just literally sitting at a computer and just punching numbers? Yeah, Sky have like a really, really detailed database um, that goes back to 1999, and it's just a good chance to make it go back further right now, which uh, I'm trying to avoid at all costs. But you know, some guys find that kind of thing fun. Um, I much prefer to just be yeah writing. <laughs> I did a, a podcast the other day as well of Sky. Just things like that are much more yeah, much more enjoyable. So, so do you know when like we we see on Sky that sometimes they'll put. Um... Like since re- since we since our records began, it's, I think it's like usually two. I don't know if it's Sky or Opta that's 2004. So yeah, Opta Opta have a few things that change at different points. Like a lot of their advanced analytical stuff is only since about 2013 or 14, I think. Mm. Um, all of their kind of shot data was about t- uh, 2004, and then yeah, they've got things like goals, well assists, and a few other bits and pieces from all-time Premier League. Um, but yeah, that's that's yeah, a few different cutoffs for Opta Sky um for actual just basic uh, appearances and goals you can go back to 2000 on our database uh, before that you i mean you can still do it. it just takes a little bit longer to work out go through some archives and fun stuff like that <laughs> so, so effectively what's happening now is everyone's sort of extending the back catalog of the, of the database if you will yeah exactly yeah um or trying to avoid doing that and doing anything <laughs> else <laughs> so uh so obviously now you said you're doing probably a bit more 
bit more colour stuff, a bit more just general football writing. But um, people who haven't listened to our, our stats pack show that we do might not be completely aware about uh, your role for Sky at the moment. So could you just, anyone who's been, you know, everyone I imagine who's listening to this will have seen your numbers on Twitter and, and some of the figures you put out, which which go viral. But um, <laughs> you could just tell people what sort of <laughs> what sort of, uh, what sort of role you do with Sky and what, what your job is. Um, yes, I, I've been at Sky for uh, five, five or six years now um, as a football statistician. There's 15 of us in the department and on a typical week you're working towards a live game um, that will be shown on Sky and so you do maybe three days uh, working on a, on a stat pack which you're you're kind of interacting with the um, producer for that, that show, seeing what he wants to show, seeing what players he wants to highlight. So a lot of that kind of dictates what you're putting like at the top of that kind of stat pack then towards the end of the week you'll get together with a graphics operator and, and build um anything the producer really wants to to show for the game and then yeah you end the week going to the game um sounds a little less glamorous when you reveal you're actually in a truck in the car park um, <laughs> and yeah have a little headset on put stats on screen and, and you're there to kind of just help with the show really add a few little lines here and there so you're you're in those those big Buses, the well, not not buses, the little trucks they have outside the uh, outside the back of the park end and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, there'll be one one Sky Stato in there as, as along with uh, yeah a big big production team. But. Is that is that quite frustrating being so close to it all and actually <laughs> obviously you know you are there to work and you know it is, it is your job to do that sort of stuff, but it must be frustrating not to be maybe in the stadium and, and seeing these things real life when it is just a stone throw away. So close yet so far, yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit. I mean you. I'm kind of used to it now um and it does feel like work i i don't really like working on everton games as a result of that i mean i could probably bring a lot to everton games but it's it's just it's hard because you you can't watch a game as as close as you want you have to kind of yeah care more about what's happening with the numbers more you know how to get the stat on screen that people are going to be talking about in pubs things like that so yeah it's a different kind of, of way of, of seeing games i think that's quite a it seems as though that'll be quite a tough transition because I remember we spoke to Adam Jones about this quite recently. And obviously, he's a, he was a massive blue growing up, and he's sort of become a you know a great journalist for the Echo. And he does does really good pieces for for the Echo about, about match reports, about the it does the ratings, which you know he jokingly says he, he gets a lot of grief for and that sort of stuff. But I remember yeah. speaking to him on I think it was our Diaries of an Old Lady show where he sort of said how it was quite a t- challenge being. Go from that transition from being a fan and following editors as a fan and, and going to the game to, to sitting in the press box and not being able to react to, to teams, you know, to, to the team scoring and, you know, not be able to be fully emotionally invested in the game. So I imagine it's probably a similar thing to yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I've only done one Everton game this season for Sky, which was the City, the home defeat, the City, which was quite a topsy turvy game. And yeah. there were definitely points in that. I remember, yeah, just you just have to kind of bottle it up, really. Um, yeah, I mean, that must be similar to journalists. I remember um, as a kind of freelance football writer before Sky, I was a huge Tim Cahill fan. who's always my favourite Everton player by miles. And I think that kind of coincided with his decline a little bit when I was writing. I found that so hard to just have to write that kind of neutrally and, and how it was really when, you know, the fan of me is just like, no, nah, no, nah, he's amazing. Let's just keep going with that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of challenges in that kind of way when you've got to work around it, I guess. I feel it's probably just a bit of a more natural process as you get older as well, isn't it? And, you know, like I've certainly found that, you know, now, now I'm 30 and that sort of thing, you, you're not quite fully as invested. There are other things, you're, you're a little bit more work-focused. But 
just just on on stats and, and numbers, sort of like from you know I've I've sort of semi known you for a while now because we you know used to work for the same same website and that sort of thing. We've, we've spoken on Twitter quite a lot. Has numbers always been something that's interested you about football? I mean, when when was the first time you remember really getting into it? Numbers has definitely always been my thing with football. It's just working out how to find a job with that. I was I was always kind of chasing a, a job in football. Um, I got very lucky to get involved with Bleach Report, uh, as you said, as, as you are. Um, it just kind of felt right as they were starting their kind of big wave um, and I kind of clung to some coattails there for, for quite a while. Um, and they were really good to me. They, they let me write a, a lot of kind of stat pieces. Yeah. Um, I never really... I never really felt confident enough to, that that would be my career. If you put a load of stats in the middle of the piece, I feel I can write around it, but I definitely don't have the ability to kind of write endless opinion pieces and, you know, be able to get these match ports out on the whistle. Um, so I kind of use that essentially just kind of keep finding other avenues into football. I was looking at jobs with clubs. I did a couple of performance analysis courses. Um, and as all that was happening, this job came up at Sky which is so unique that I yeah, just applied for it, thought it was a good fit and still there now. So yeah. it's quite a random path. Did you did you always sort of think that data and stats would become as, as big as it is in football now? Because I think if you go back if you go back to maybe 2012, I remember it, it's sort of something I try because I think when we all get into football journalism, we're all sort of trying to find our niche, aren't we? And trying to find, you know, you know, what's gonna make us stand out. And I remember I sort of delved down that that myself and and at the time it didn't feel as though there were many people writing about football statistics in, in such a detailed manner. You know, I remember, I remember Bleacher, you were, you were doing it and Santag was doing it. Uh, you had Zonal Mark and, and you had, a, a, you know, two, two or three others out there that were quite high profile maybe eight years ago, but it but it wasn't as widespread as it is now. Did, did you always sort of anticipate, and I, I know you're probably going to say no here because you want to sound, going to sound modest, but did you always sort of sense that this would become a, a huge part of football like it is now in the modern game? Um. Good question. I guess I always wanted to believe it would be. Um, and yeah, I mean, since just kind of social media became what it is, 2010, 2012, and, you know, websites like Who Scored suddenly became around. There's just all these social media accounts tweeting things. It just, yeah, it's, it's snowballed. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fact that clubs now use so much of it as well, have their own teams that are only getting bigger, they're analysing things better than ever before. It just feels, it's yeah, continually going in the right direction. Mm. And did the clubs before, you know, obviously clubs have all got their own in-house scouting and data teams and that sort of thing now, certainly in the Premier League, but before that became the norm, were, were clubs coming to Sky and asking for, for figures and, and breakdowns and sort of things, or you're not allowed to say that? Uh, well, they haven't come to me. Um <laughs> I'm still one of the guys that's been there the shortest amount of time. A lot of the guys I work with have been there kind of 15 years. So I'll maybe have to ask them to see, uh, see what it was like before. Um, uh, yeah, from speaking to them, I think the job was quite different kind of 10, 15 years ago. A lot more kind of what was going on or what was number one the last time this happened kind of thing. Whereas now you've got a absolute monster of data to play with. Yeah, and it, it seems it, it seems as though the way it's going, it's, there are sort of data, num- you know, data figures and packages for, for almost everything going in the game now. And you know the stuff like some of the stuff you say to me on our stats pack, so it does does uh, blow my head off a little bit in regards to you know offensive actions in the the final third after ten minutes or something like that. It, it it can be that specific now. I mean, what 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 do you think the future is for it? I mean, how how detail can can it get into how detail can data get and those sorts of models get before 
it's sort of I'm trying to figure the right way of phrasing this before it's not really you're not really looking at the game of football as like an organic entity where things just happen occasionally. Do you know? Do you think you can go much further in that, or do you think there's always a case for new data? I mean, what one of the things you've always said for me is in regards to goalkeepers and the numbers around goalkeepers, is it maybe as, as you know as as high tech and as detailed as it could be in regards to outfield players? Yes, another another good question, tough question. Um, I I think it's getting towards where it's gonna. It's always that difficult balance because you you can't ever just do it solely by the numbers. You have to always kind of back it up by the eye, and no, that's always like one of the biggest kind of wrong angles on social media when you you know, assume if there's numbers out there, you're only looking at by the numbers. Everyone at clubs is mixing up. They're you know have plenty of scouts that are just doing things by the eye and then using the numbers to kind of back it up. And I think you've always got to keep that balance. So if you know data continues to get more and more forensic as it, as it probably will you, you are still going to always have to then to back up a lot of it with your eyes yeah fair enough i uh, will move away from data now Matt. i'm sure you've you got to know uh, you've, you've got uh, people might watch this on youtube may not um be able to quite see your shirt yeah but um it, it was speaking before and it's sydney sydney fc yes um, um no, so no. People who listen to the podcast, it's sort of like a light blue Manchester City colour. It's got it's got a little bit of a, like a, a triangular bib on the front of it. So think back to Everton's Lecoq Sportif one with the white one. It's it's a little bit similar to that, although it's, it's dark blue. But uh, the reason you've got it on is um, you see, it's quite an interesting story. Yeah, I was um, I was at the 2014 World Cup with a couple of friends, and um, I think that was like that might be my happiest time as an Everton fan. We just finished the season with Roberto Martins finishing fifth. It just felt like we were just kind of building something special. A lot of young players in that squad. And I went out there wearing like an, I took like 10 Everton shirts to me. I was just like, I'm just going to wear an Everton shirt and shorts pretty much every day I'm here. Dead proud and, to be a blue yeah. for a change. <laughs> well, honestly, one of the worst things about the trip, I mean, it was an amazing trip, was that the amount of people, worldwide fans, that would come up to me and be like, oh, a, a Chelsea? Chelsea? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> I can see this. Like, um and then yeah it was just actually on the I think it was the last day or one of the last nights um I was wearing I think I was wearing like a one with Jagielka on the back and just got into chatting with this group of Australian guys big Tim Cahill fan so I was going off about that he'd he'd scored his amazing volley a few few days before that and we'd been in a bar and that had been I'd had a Cahill shirt on that had been a, a pretty awesome moment um but yeah, we just had a great night with these guys. And then um, towards the end of it, uh, I gave him my Jagielka shirt. He gave me this Sydney shirt. And uh, I haven't actually worn it since. So I thought I'd, thought I'd bring it out for this. Is it, um, is it one of them where you sort of regretted it after? Did you wake up in the morning like, oh, my Jag shirt's gone? <laughs> or? I mean, I did like that shirt a lot. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think the guys I was with actually were like, oh, he, he's, he's had a bit to drink. He doesn't actually want to do this. But no, I was very happy with it, you know. It was, a, it was a good moment and I've actually I'm still in contact with the guy on social media I think he I think he's a journalist in Australia so uh, yeah it was a good little good little meetup. And is he a blue now as well is he or on the basis I of that? I think he's a Leeds fan but um, he definitely had a lot of love for Tim Cahill which was, I think was what bonded us initially. Yeah so obviously think about that was the World Cup in, in Brazil that, that must have been an incredible experience. Yeah and I just went there as a fan it, um, we there's uh, four of us we just kind of picked a city uh we went to salvador before the game's been announced and just kind of gambled and we got really lucky with the games that turned out to be there we've got um france switzerland which i think was like 5-2 we saw that um the big spain netherlands game uh it was five five one. Five nil. yeah 5-1 oh with the vampire uh, she had her 
Yes, uh, and there was one uh, Germany Portugal as well. So we got lucked out some really good good teams there, good good um, good games. Um, and yeah, it was just such an amazing experience. I would like to actually go back to South America with less football fans around. Kind of, I don't think you saw much authentic, authentic South America down there. But yeah. uh, no, it was an unbelievable experience. And the reason we kind of justified it were we were, was it 2014? So I was, uh, let's say, mid to early 20s. <laughs> uh, we were just like, well, you know, we're not going to go to Russia. We're not going to go to Qatar. This this could be the, the chance. So yeah, just went all in for it. And it was yeah, a really good trip. Brilliant stuff. I, I do remember that summer just being so optimistic about everything as well. Because like you said, we'd had that season with Martinez, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Lukaku looked like he was going to sign as well. There's obviously stories about him moving it, yeah, coming to Everton. He eventually did join on a permanent deal. And I remember Martinez being, uh, you wouldn't have seen any of this, but he was on the uh, the punditry. Um, and he was, just, he, was, he was just getting rave reviews about everything he was... I think he was at ESPN in America, was he? He was part of their... And, and, you know, all the reports from over there were, oh, my God, this fella knows his football and the video clips getting shared over here and that sort of thing. And we were all sort of sat there smugly rubbing, rubbing our hands together like, oh, yeah, he's ours, lads. He's just signed a, another five-year contract and we've got a mule of him on the side of the ground. Unlucky. Yeah, the, the contract news came out while I was out there, and I think I was annoying the, the three friends I was with quite a lot by showing them those kind of clips. I racked up a painfully big phone bill by continually getting onto Twitter <laughs> when I was over there, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of um, a lot of you know, a lot, lot of clips in, of him doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, amazing, amazing. Oh, shame, shame it didn't work out. But uh, Martha, I really, really enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. Um, we got another stats pack out last week, didn't we? Uh, to about midfielders, um, some guilty tickets and numbers as well for, for everyone who listen who follows Matt on Twitter and really enjoys them. Um, love- do, go, sorry, mate, go on. I love guilty. <laughs> uh, next week we'll be doing uh, forwards, won't we? And I imagine the stats beast will be wrong. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, probably will be, yeah. Uh, but no, I really appreciate that, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, anybody who's watching these videos, uh, do subscribe, do like, do share. Um, it may seem not much, but it does help us get this vid- these videos out there. We've got a lot more guests to come this week. I'm going to be speaking to Lyndon Lloyd, uh, Toppy Web, uh, owner and creator, uh, Chris Mason, uh, actor, Gregor Keith from The Athletic as well. So do stick with us here on the Blue Room YouTube channel. Uh, everyone stay safe, and I will speak to you again soon. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.